This is a great way for us to help you get connected at CCC. Be sure to mark your calendar for our Christmas Eve services. We'll have in-person services on the 23rd at 5.30 and 7 p.m. Give. <laughs> Christ Community Church is a very generous. <laughs> I might as well say that. It's a very generous church in Rochester and around the world. And you could do this by texting CCC Rochester to 749 I got behind because I said, I said give. Start till he was done and then. All right. All right, Troy, you're on. Start with give. I won't say give. Hey everyone, welcome to Christ Community Church. I'm Troy and this is Kristen. And we wanna give you a huge thanks for joining us today. And for those of you watching online, thank you for tuning in to the service this weekend. There are some great people behind the scenes that host our online service. In addition to hosting the online chat, they'd love to assist you personally with prayer needs or connection opportunities. So feel free to use the chat feature throughout the service to engage with other people watching with you. Christ Community Church is a very generous church in both individual giving and support we provide to ministries and missionaries in Rochester and around the world. We invite you to take this time to worship our Creator through giving. If you're watching online, you can do this by texting CCC Rochester to 77977 or by simply clicking this Give link on your screen. And if you're here with us in person, you can place your offering in the boxes at the back of the auditorium as you leave. There are many ministries doing amazing things because of your generosity. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. We are thrilled to welcome you to our church. Everyone who walks through those doors or visits us online has the opportunity to find community and get plugged into the life of our church. A really good starting point for that is by filling out our connection card. Stop by our welcome desk in the lobby to fill one out. Or if you're joining us online, simply click the connect link on your screen. This is a great way for us to help you get connected here at Christ Community Church. Maybe you have something weighing on your heart today. We would love to pray with you and for you. Write your prayer requests on the back of the connection card and leave it at our welcome desk. We pray for these requests throughout the week. Otherwise, if you're watching online, simply click request prayer and one of our hosts will be available to pray with you right then and there. Also, if you need prayer at any point this week, there are many opportunities to receive prayers. You can check these out on the prayer page of our website. First, it's communion weekend. You should have gotten portable juice and cracker on your way into the auditorium. And for those of you watching online, feel free to run to your kitchen and grab some juice and bread, or a variation of the sort. And join us as Daryl leads in a moment of communion at the end of service. Be sure to mark your calendar for our Christmas Eve services. We'll have in-person services on the 23rd at 5.30 and 7 p.m. And we also have in-person as well as online services on the 24th at 2.30 p.m. and 4 p.m. Check out our website in the coming week for a link to sign up. Many in our community and around the world are going to experience the love of Jesus and enter into a relationship with him as a result of CCC's ministry in the coming year. Your generosity helps make that possible. 
And with that in mind, if you haven't already, please consider making a year-end financial gift. There are many ways you can do this. You can give online, you can text CCC Rochester to 77977, or place an offering in the boxes at the back of the auditorium at our in-person services. It's your generosity in supporting CCC that allows us to run the ministries that impact these lives. Thank you again for your generosity. And as we get ready to worship, we encourage you to lean in and participate. Yes, we hope you enjoy these next few moments of worship. Please stand with us as we worship the Lord this evening.
evening.
come to unite knowing full well the beauty that is found in the name of your son, Jesus. But when you sent him to us so long ago, we didn't know who he was. We didn't know the hope that he was gonna bring. And we didn't know that his end would be filled with pain and rejection. But God, you sent him anyways because you love us. And he came to earth because he loves you in obedience to you. So God, when we think of the name of Jesus as that sweet baby and at the beauty and the wonder of his birth and the power that his name now brings us, we can't help but be filled with awe and with hope, a hope that we can't find anywhere else but you. So we thank you for that gift so long ago of that sweet baby and the peace that he brings us. In your precious name we pray, amen. You can go ahead and take a seat. So greetings, Christ Community Church. How are we doing? So for those of you who are part of the online church, this is the first weekend we have filmed the Saturday in-person service so that you get to be part of what's happening in person, and that is the in-person church greeting you guys as the online church. We're all in this together as one big church, and I'm so glad that you all are with us Today, So today we're beginning our Christmas celebration. We are less than three weeks away from Christmas, which is our celebration as Christian people of the birth of Jesus, who is the Christ, who is the Messiah. So I want to read to you to start our time together. Matthew chapter one, verses 18 through 23. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. 
The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So our Christmas celebration this year is titled A Thrill of Hope. And what we are asking the Lord to do for us as a church together is to stir within us hope, which leads us to joy and to rejoicing. And in this season that we're in as people, we need this. We need the Lord to stir hope in us so that we have joy and rejoicing that flows out of us into the lives of our community, which needs the joy and the hope and the rejoicing that comes to us through Jesus. And so we're gonna spend this weekend and the next two weekends, I'm talking about Jesus. Today I wanna talk with you about how Jesus is our savior, he's our rescuer, he's the one who sets us free. Then next weekend I wanna talk with you about Jesus as our healer, about how he's the one who makes us whole and he restores us, and as my friend Will Davis says, like he over-restores us so that the healing that he brings to us actually becomes healing for the people who are around us. And then the last weekend before we celebrate Christmas Eve together, we're gonna talk about how Jesus is our king and about how he is the answer to that desire that we feel for home and how he is, like, he is our future and our hope. And so everything that we're doing over this time together as we celebrate Christmas is designed to stir hope in us so that we have hope to offer to the people who are around us. And as I've been preparing for our time together, I have been experiencing this, this thrill of hope, this stirring that comes from knowing Jesus as the one who sets us free, as our healer, as our, as our king. And so I'm really excited to share the things that I've been learning and have been stirring inside of me with you. These verses that I just read from you came from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. And I wanna, I wanna explore Jesus as our savior and as the one who sets us free. But before I do that, I wanna talk about a couple of other things that I think are really foundational and, and will help build on what we're gonna talk about today. So the first thing that pops out of these verses that we need to remember and talk about a little bit at Christmas time is this idea of the virgin birth. So the Bible is very clear that Jesus' conception was miraculous. It was, it was a thing of God, not of man. And this was predicted as early as 750 years before Jesus was born by the prophet Isaiah. We read that just a little bit ago. And that prophecy was fulfilled by the miraculous creative work of God the Holy Spirit in the body of the Virgin Mary. And this is, this is a foundational teaching for Christian people that Jesus was born not of man, but of God. Now, if the Bible were, were lying to us about this, or if it were somehow exaggerating uh, for us about how Jesus' birth came about, then he's just another man. If his birth was just like your birth and just like my birth, then he's just another guy. And if that's the case, frankly, you and I are wasting our time by being here together. But the Bible is really clear that Jesus, his, his conception, his birth, was of God and the people who communicated this truth to us. Like they, they saw and heard. And, and so the Bible is clear at a number of points that what we read in the scriptures is passed on to us by people who have seen and who have heard. And as these things were written down, particularly in the gospels, explaining to us how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, came about, um, these, these writings, they're really popular right now. 
and particularly at this time of year. They're really popular now, but they were not popular back then. These guys who wrote these things down for us, um, they, they didn't get to go on like book tours and they weren't on talk shows or podcasts as a result of what they wrote down. Actually, what they wrote down was so controversial and so flew in the face of what was popular and accepted in their culture. What they, their reward for what they wrote down for us was they faced torture and death for what they were communicating for the generations who would come behind them. They, they stood in the face of torture and death and not one author of the scriptures recanted what they said. They were given opportunity to pull this back and instead of pulling it back, they asserted with even more certainty for those of us who would come behind, they, they asserted that these things are true and they did indeed happen. There's been so much historical work done on the accuracy of the scriptures and the historicity of them. And you take that work and then you couple it with this idea that the people who wrote these things actually wrote them to their personal detriment. We have in front of us this amazing God-breathed, spirit-inspired truth of how the birth of Jesus came about, that he was, he was conceived of the Virgin Mary and he was born into this world as truly God with us. You know, the name that he was given from the Old Testament, I don't think anybody ever used it to call him to dinner, but the name that he is given is Emmanuel, which means God with us, and so because of his miraculous conception and birth. He is, he is truly the son of God. There's this big theological term. I'll give it to you. We didn't write it down, so you're gonna have to figure out how to spell it and all those things. Um, it's called the hypostatic union. And the hypostatic union means that Jesus is fully human and he is fully God. He's the only person who's ever lived who is 100% human being and 100% divine, and that is, he come, like he is not 200% of anything, but in his person, he is indeed the God-man. And so this idea of, of his miraculous conception, of his conception being the creative work of God the Holy Spirit in the body of Mary, like that's, that sets in motion this thing that you and I are still wondering at and celebrating today that, that at Christmas time, born in a manger, this Jesus came to be God with us. And, and so as, as we celebrate his birth, knowing that he was, he was, he, he was miraculous conception and comes to be God with us, it really takes us, all those foundations takes us to what I wanna talk about today, what the angel said to Joseph in this dream. He said to him, Mary will give birth to a son, you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. You're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So Marie and I have four kids. And uh, those of you who have children, you probably remember all the frustration and also the joy of trying to figure out a name for your kids. So each of our kids is named after somebody in our family who we love, who's important to us, who has some qualities that we would love to see our kids grow into as they have grown up. 
Mary and Joseph never got to decide to talk about, have a conversation regarding the name of their first baby. And I've always wondered, as I've read these stories, I've always wondered if they cared about that. You know, if that was a, if that was a moment for them where they, they, they didn't get to name their first baby. I wonder if that was heartbreak. I wonder if that was frustration. I wonder how they felt about that. And if they ever talked about it, I'm guessing that it ended with the statement, well, it's probably best that we did what the angel told us to do. Because, you know, like if an angel shows up and tells you to do something, it's probably best that you do what that angel tells you to do. But the angel told them, give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So this name Jesus, you and I, you probably don't know somebody, like I don't know anybody named Jesus, right? So that's the English Western pronunciation actually of a Hebrew name that is like, I'll just give you our English pronunciation of it is Joshua. I don't know if you knew that from the Old Testament. There's an Old Testament character named Joshua, and his name means the Lord saves. And so Jesus, or if like Yeshua would be how it was pronounced in those days, he probably wasn't the only kid in his elementary school who was named Jesus, as we would pronounce it. And for generations, moms and dads had been naming their little boys Joshua, the Lord saves, and as they, as they named their son, they gave him that name, that was a statement of faith on their part, that the Lord is someday going to rescue us, and it was a statement of hope that may his rescue come for us in the generation in which my son lives. And so this name, Jesus, that is given to our, the one we're celebrating, this name, it means the Lord saves, and the angel was very clear the prayers of God's people through the centuries are now being answered in this one that we are celebrating at Christmas time because the Lord has come to us. He is, this one is our salvation. You shall name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So if you're a church person, you've heard this idea of like Jesus saves us from our sins. You've been hearing that for however long you've been going to church. And, and that can become routine for us. I grew up in church. I've heard that statement. I've heard that phrase. It's rolled off my lips a million times in my lifetime. He saves us from our sins. And so what I wanna do today, for those of you who maybe are new to church, this is your first time to, it's Christmas time and you're kind of checking it out, kicking the tires of this whole Christianity thing, or maybe for those of us who've been around for a long time. I wanna explore this idea of Jesus being the one who saves us from our sins. Because, because what he rescues us from, if, if we lose track of what it is he rescues us from, we miss out on who he is and what he has done. If we let Savior just be a church word and something that's on a Christmas card that has the names of Jesus surrounded at Christmas time, if we let Savior go to that, we miss out on who this one is that we are celebrating and why hope should stir within us as we consider these things. So let me talk to you Two different, I'm gonna approach it from two different angles. The first is gonna kind of be more of a, a straightforward classroom kind of description of what Jesus has, like how he has saved us from our sins. And then the second one is gonna be a little more 
poetic and maybe deserving of a little more reflection, maybe tonight or tomorrow as you, as you continue in your weekend. So Jesus, we're gonna call him Jesus because he will save us from our sins. He will save his people from their sins. And I want you to think about this in two different ways. And these aren't original to me. I learned these in a classroom, believe it or not. So it's a straightforward classroom way. The first way he saves his people is from the penalty of sin. He saves us from the penalty of sin. The Bible is very clear. The penalty for sin is death. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter three in the Garden of Eden when God told Adam and Eve, our first parents, the day you eat of the fruit of this particular tree, that's the day that you're gonna die. And when they ate of the fruit of that particular tree, that was the day that they died spiritually because death is separation. The physical death that we experience, the loved ones experience, that's, that's an outflow of this spiritual death that is present in our world because our first parents sinned. We have needed a savior from the penalty for our sin since that first one. And so what Jesus does is he saves us from the penalty of our sin. That's the whole reason for his death. It's a little premature. We're not to Good Friday yet. We're talking about Jesus at Christmas. We talk about him being born. But he was born to die. He was born to, to live the kind of life that you and I are unable to live. We are born under the penalty of sin because our parents sinned. So we come into this world under the penalty of sin. In Romans chapter six, the Bible tells us very clearly the wages of sin is death. So we're born under that death and we are in, we are in a hopeless and desperate situation apart from Jesus. There is, apart from Jesus, there's no hope because of the penalty of sin. People who sin spiritually deserve to die. And so when Jesus was born as the God-man, he came as one, he was not born under the penalty of sin because he was born of the miraculous work of God. And so, so he came and he was born, uh, he was not born under the penalty of sin and yet he entered into, in his death on the cross, he entered into, like he took the penalty for your and my sin. And when he entered into death, there's something eternal that was accomplished when, when the Son of God and God the Son, when he died, when he entered into death, something, there was an eternal payment for the penalty for your and my sin. And that, that payment is applied to the account, the account of any of us who will put our trust in Jesus as the one who rescues us. And so I, I like to use that word rescue when we talk about Jesus as our savior because savior kinda has become this name or this title, but the truth of the matter is we have been rescued and there was nobody else. We could not rescue ourselves. We were stuck and we were apart from God and we were separated for him, from him and we were without hope in the world, headed to eternity apart from God and Jesus stepped into that and in his death, he has rescued us from the penalty of our sin. Now, his, his rescue, his salvation also comes to us. The next statement of all that, he has also 
rescued us from the power of sin. He's, he's given us freedom. He saves his people from the power of sin. So Romans chapter six, you can read this on your own. Romans chapter six really personifies sin. Okay, so if you think of sin as a person, the Bible sometimes presents sin as a slave master and says to us as people that you are born imprisoned by sin, the slave master. You are born slaves to sin. And if someone does not set you free, you're gonna, you're gonna live your life and then your eternity imprisoned by this, this slave master. And, and sin tells you how to live is, is kind of the way the Bible presents all of that. And what Jesus has done for you and for me is he has rescued us from the power, from the grip of sin. Now, this is really good news because some of us, we got things going on in our lives that we don't, we don't know how we're gonna win this battle. Maybe it's, maybe it's an addiction. Maybe there's something, maybe there's just a, a habit or a pattern that is just part of your life. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's another emotion that just wells up within you. Maybe you're a person who is just racked with worry and anxiety. Like we all have things that are going on in our lives that at different times they control us. And what that is, is that is our slave master, sin, evil personified in the scripture shouting into our lives, telling us how we are going to live. And, and the good news is that Jesus has come to rescue us from the power of sin in our lives. And he accomplished this, this by, by entering into death, and in his death, he breaks the grip of sin through his resurrection from the dead, and so, so you and I, as people who put our trust in Jesus as our savior, as our rescuer, he, that death that he died to sin and this life that he now lives to God, as Romans 6 says, like we get to participate in that. The New Testament consistently calls it this new life. And so that old life that you have that's dominated by whatever those habits or those patterns or those things that just, like I can't get free from this. The good news for you and for me is that Jesus rescues his people from the power of sin. He has broken the grip of sin in your life and now you and I, instead of being slaves to sin, we get to figure out how to walk out of sin's control and live in this new life that Jesus offers us. And it's a beautiful thing. And if you've ever known, like you've ever felt like that grip of sin in your life, you know what I'm talking about here, and to have somebody step in and break that power for you is what a gift that is that God has given to us. And so what Jesus has done for us is he, is, he will save his people from their sins. This is not a small thing. This isn't, it, it belongs on Christmas cards for sure, but it's not just a Christmas card statement. What it is is this, this beautiful thing that he has entered into the world that you and I live in and he has taken the penalty of sin so that you and I don't have to pay it for ourselves. 
and he has broken the power of sin so that those people who come to him and who belong to him no longer have to live under that power of sin. Instead, we get to live under the power of God who enables us to walk in a new life. And so he has rescued his people from their sins. So that's, that's kind of the classroom approach. It's beautiful news. Let me show you kind of the poetic description of all of this. And I love it. It's, in, it's recorded in Luke chapter one. This is, these are the words of a man named Zechariah. He was, he was the father of John the Baptist, and he, he was speaking over his infant son. I don't know if you know the story, if you remember the story. An angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah. He and Elizabeth weren't able to have children. They were old, and they said, you're gonna have a baby, so this is, like, it's a miraculous, but it's not... It's not the same kind of birth as Jesus, but it's this miraculous deal. So John, the baby John is born and his dad, Zachariah, who's a priest, is prophesying over him and he speaks some things about his son that are also pointing us to Jesus. And so this is in Luke chapter one, starting in verse 76. And what he says of his son, he says, you, my child, John, will be called a prophet of the most high for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way before him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. To give his people the knowledge of salvation, of rescue, so not just like, hey, the classroom, know that this is something to be had, but the, the experiential knowing of salvation, to, to know it because it's yours, because it belongs to you, because you've walked away from, like you've, the penalty for your sins has been paid and you've walked out of the grip of sin on your life. You've walked in in rescue because your sins have been forgiven and the reason your sin, my sin, can be forgiven is because of the tender mercy of our God. Isn't that a great statement? The tender mercy of our God. I don't know what you thought about God when you walked into this place, when you sat down and turned on your TV to watch. He is tender towards you and he has mercy on you. And if you wonder about that because of the circumstances that are in your life, what you need to know is that the tenderness of God and the mercy of God available to you that is expressed towards you finds its greatest expression in Jesus. The tender mercy of our God, his son, came to live among us and took the penalty for our sin and broke the grip, the power of sin in our lives because the tender mercy of our God. Now listen to this description of Jesus. He's the rising sun who will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. The idea of do you know what it's like to live in darkness? Do you remember what that was like to live in darkness? Do you know what it's like to, if you could just, like, in the shadow of death, do you remember what that felt like 
for you before you met Jesus to be living in darkness, to be living in the shadow of death. And, and what God has done, because of his tender mercy for us, what God has done is he has, he has given us this rising sun to shine on us so that there's darkness, death are dispelled and we get to live in this light and it's this light that he gives us that guides our feet in the path of peace. So I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how you would describe your life today, the path that you're walking, how you would, but if you would say, hey, I am, I am in darkness, death feels like that, God has given us, he has given us a savior and he is light from heaven and he shines on us and instead of walking through a land that would be described as darkness and death, you and I have the opportunity for his light to shine on us and we get to walk a path of peace. And it costs God everything, but it all, but what it is for you and me, it's an offer, it's a gift that he gives to us that can be received by faith. We all have a strategy. We all have a strategy for how we're doing life, for our plan for the afterlife, heaven, whatever you think that might be. We all have our own strategy. For me, when I was a kid, my strategy, I was trying to be as good as I could. I figured if I would just be as good as I could, be a good person, someday I'd stand before God and he would say, you were good enough. But the truth is that like, nobody could be good enough. God's standard is perfection. And we're born under sin. I mean, we're just born under sin and under the power of sin. And so we can't be good enough. And so Jesus steps in for us and he dispels that darkness and that death in our lives. And you just change your strategy. You know, whatever, I was banking on good works. Whatever it is you're banking on, you, you change your strategy and you put your hope and your trust in Jesus. He came as a baby, but he died on a cross and he's risen from the dead, and we sing these songs about him, about a resurrected savior. And it's the most amazing thing. He, he entered into death for you and for me, and because he entered into death and rose again, you and I get to live. If we'll trust him, if we'll receive this gift that he's offering to us. So the worship team is gonna play here and sing in just a moment. I think it's a new song for us. It's a beautiful song. And... After they play and sing, I'm gonna come back and lead us through communion. It'll be a time just for us to express or to renew our faith in Jesus as the one who sets us free. of all creation resting in his mother's arms the song on the horizon breaking through the heavens the long awaited savior come to set the captives
Grab your communion supplies. Emmanuel, God with us. The God-man. God became flesh and blood. Right before he went to the cross, Jesus had a conversation with his followers. And took some bread and he told them, this bread is my body, which is broken for you. For you. For your rescue. This is my body broken for you. This is a moment of faith. This is his body broken for us. Let's eat this in remembrance of him. Take the juice. We talked about forgiveness. Forgiveness, we, we experience, we know rescue and salvation through the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus told us that 
His blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins. It's the penalty, paying the penalty for our sins, for the forgiveness of our sins, so that we could walk in new life. So this cup, Jesus' blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. It's a moment of faith. It's a moment of faith. Drink this in remembrance of him. So you bow your head and close your eyes with me and let me pray for us and then I'll give us our questions for reflection, for discussion. This moment before I pray, I wanna give you a moment just from your heart to God's heart to just say, Jesus, you are my, you are the one who set me free. You've rescued me. You're the one who sets me free. Father, we are here today because of your tender mercy. Thank you for being tender towards us. Thank you for having mercy on us. Thank you for Jesus, for this Christmas season. For hope. May the hope that you stir in us spill out of us into the lives of those around us who, who desperately need hope. And we're praying these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let me ask you these questions for reflection if you need to take a screenshot at home or you want to take a picture of it here. Um, I hope you'll have these conversations. If you're new with us, we do this every weekend just so that we as a church are having the same conversations, whether we're part of the online or in-person services. So the first question is, do you have a favorite Christmas song or carol? I'll just tell you, we've taken this ser- this series title, Thrill of Hope. Um, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Like That's my favorite line of all the Christmas songs. And I didn't name the series. It was really cool when the communications ladies just said, hey, how about this? I'm like, yes, it's my favorite line. So do you have a favorite Christmas song, Christmas carol, or a favorite line at Christmas time? Second question, um, do you agree that the virgin birth of Jesus is an essential capital T truth? That's, is that foundational to our faith? The third song, do you prefer the straightforwardness of that classroom description or do you prefer the beauty of poetic reflection about Jesus as Savior? And why do you think that is? Just for you to think about that a little bit. And then what's your experience? This is an important question. What's your experience with Jesus as Savior? And where do you need him to rescue you and to set you free? I hope that's a good conversation for you, good season of reflection for you as we really head into a celebration of Christmas. What's your experience? with this one who has come to save us from our sins and where do you need him to set you free? So can I say a prayer over us as uh, in person and an online church and then you guys who are here, you can be dismissed. So let's pray together. Father, thank you again for setting us free. We wanna walk in that freedom. Um, Whether we're here in person, those who are worshiping online, their living rooms, different places, 
And we are one church, and Jesus, we represent you to this community, and we wanna do that well. So as, as we walk into what's next for us this weekend, I am asking you that we would be the kind of people who live with hope and joy and rejoicing and with your name on our lips as the source of all that. And so Jesus, we pray these things in your name, amen.